Welcome to Real Deep Stuff. I'm your host, Christy Buttles. With 8 billion people on this planet, there are countless stories to be told. When we come together as a community and we listen, really listen to one another, we can learn from each other and we certainly learn that we have more in common than we have less. Way more than we probably thought we did. This is a place where we're going to listen to real people share their real stories of struggles and failures and victories and challenges, and we're just going to get messy with all of it. This is a place to be encouraged and inspired and challenged to think outside the box, get out of, a, of our own heads and look at another perspective. Join me as we learn from one another and grow with each other as individuals and as a community. I'm so excited. Let's get to it. Welcome to Real Deep Stuff, where everything that's talked about on here is always real. Sometimes it's pretty deep and sometimes it's just stuff, but it's always real. I'm really glad to do this with you guys. Picture this podcast as a giant dinner invitation. So when you think about an invitation, let's think about the who, what, when, where, why, and how. So let's go through your invitation. First of all, who is invited? Everybody is invited. Everybody is invited to this table. If you're hearing it, you're invited. What is this podcast? It's about deep conversations of people's stories and helpful information, all relating to mental health. So whether the stories are funny or heart-wrenching or just make you think, they all have an undertone of an aspect of mental health. Something I am hugely a proponent of and advocate for. When... So this will be a weekly to bi-weekly podcast. So subscribe so you don't miss an episode. (laughs) And where, where is it found? On all podcast platforms. How? I will host and I will have guests on, or it might just be me, but most of the time I'll have guests on. (laughs) And why? Why are we doing this? There's three people in my life that have really changed me. And the funny thing is, I've never had a conversation with any of them. But they stay in my mind. And I want to tell you who they are. And it's how they made me feel. That is my why for starting this podcast. So the first one was a guy in high school. I don't know his name. He was pretty small for his age. Um, He usually came to school pretty dirty. He never talked. Very, very quiet, very shy. I honestly can't remember him ever having friends to hang out with. Um, I went to a public high school, a large one, and I think you describe him as someone that just was pretty invisible on a peer level. And one morning I had to make up a test. So I had to get to school early. I don't remember why. And I'm hustling down the hall because I was running a little bit late (laughs) and I'm hustling to the classroom so I could make this test up. 
And I look up and he's walking toward me. And this is before school started, so nobody's there. And he's walking toward me and he's just sobbing. And I have to tell you that it just caught me so off guard. My heart instantly hurt for him. There was obviously something very wrong, but I had no idea what to do in that moment because I didn't know him and I was late for a test makeup and I had to be there. So I let him walk right by. We just passed each other. And I knew in that moment, that's not right. I should have stopped. I should have asked if he was okay. I should have asked if I could help. I should have told him that he matters, that he's seen, his pain is seen. And I didn't do any of those things. And to this day, I wonder where he is and how he is. Can't look him up on social media because I honestly don't know his name. But if I could, I would because there's just uh, something very unresolved in me about that moment. So this podcast is for people who need some comfort. And he is the inspiration for that. Because I'll just never forget him as long as I live. He was an underdog, I guess, as you would describe it. And when he was at his lowest, I walked right by. I think it's something that I've not quite ever forgiven myself for. I probably should, but I want that like sting of conviction of conviction to stay with me because I don't want to miss another opportunity. I don't want to miss the next person who walks by me crying. I don't care how late I am for something or how important something is that I'm doing. I don't want to miss another opportunity to help someone. So that is the first thing why I'm doing this podcast. The second one is, um, a couple years ago, uh, I write and I read Medium. It's a writing platform online. I really like it. Shout out to them. And you can look me up my name if you want. But the point is, uh, so when you sign up for Medium, they ask you to like check boxes of what your interests are. And you can check like 20 boxes. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> so then they send you like daily um, articles to read that match the interests that you checked of the boxes. So um, that way, every time someone co something comes into your email, you're like, oh, that looks cool. Well, because it's, you know, the algorithm's design that you want it to be cool. <laughs> so this one article, I don't know the author's name, but she wrote about how she found out in her late 20s that she was autistic. And I will be very honest to say that I read that article with a very harsh and judgmental eye because I thought there's absolutely no way you can be in your late 20s and not know this about yourself. There's just no way. Because I had like one mental image of what autism looks like. And the more I read her article with, you know, a pretty hard heart, my bad, <laughs> um, totally admit that, I started thinking to myself, whoa, this sounds eerily familiar. Like she's been in my head. And it started to freak me out a little bit. So I started taking a deep dive into this uh, women with autism. I started listening to all the TED Talks and uh, reading online and 
every time I listened or read something that I wanted to say, here's proof that I'm not, it was only proof that I could be. And so I sat my husband down after um, quite a while and said, so guess what? I'm going to be tested for autism. <laughs> he was like, okay. I mean, it, it was so left field. It was just bizarrely random. But everything in me was pulling me to this path. And after getting professionally tested for three days by a psychologist, I have a seven page report <laughs> on myself <laughs> that I absolutely am. And it has sent me on a, a journey to heal, heal from so many things in my life that, um, that I did to myself, that all the self hate because I just didn't understand. I thought I was made with leftover parts. And now I know I'm put together exactly how I'm supposed to be. And there'll be more to share about that. But the, the point for the second reason I'm doing this podcast is I wanted to challenge people. Like this article challenged me. It challenged me to completely take all my bias and whatever else I had in my head out and just listen. Listen to this woman's story. And by doing so, she's completely changed my life <laughs> because I am an entirely different person now that I know this about myself and I cannot wait to share more about it. And the third person, I actually see her quite often and I've never had a conversation with her. She walks her dogs frequently in the mornings and for years, um, just, you know, a daily habit, rhythm, pattern, whatever you want to call it. You know, I would be doing whatever I'm doing in my house. She would happen to be walking by about the same time of day. So I would see her and she was quite heavy and it almost looked like it was painful for her to walk her two dogs. And I didn't see her for a little while. I don't know if it was by lifestyle pattern changed or hers, I don't know. But then I saw her again after several months and I thought, oh, what in the world? She had lost so much weight. She she looked incredible. Not, not that it's all about looks, it's just that she walked with a healthier stride. Like, it looks like, you know, her hips didn't hurt anymore or her feet didn't hurt anymore. Like she was like walking, like power walking, strongly walking. And she just looked so healthy. And I thought, what did you do? What have you, what has changed about you? And maybe one day I'll get up the nerve <laughs> to stop her and ask, but I don't even know her name. But she, she had a major transformation in her life. And I give her big props for that. So she is my inspiration to have the third reason why I'm doing this podcast is to, no secret, inspire. <laughs> because I would love to have this podcast be a place where people can walk away from it feeling inspired and encouraged and motivated that they can take on whatever they want to, whatever their Goliath is or dream is, and do it and get it done. This lady has gotten it done and it's been a while now, it's probably been over a year that she's just getting stronger and faster. And I, I do want to know her story. <laughs> but for now, um, those are the reasons why I'm doing this podcast to comfort, 
to challenge and to inspire. So back in the beginning, when I said that, let's think of this as the world's biggest dinner party, nothing brings people together like sharing a meal, right? Because we all got to eat, no matter where we're from or our age or whatever, we all got to eat. So I want to just tell you a little bit about one of my favorite dinners ever in my entire life. And yes, it had to do with the food, but it, but it had mostly to do with the atmosphere. So my family took a trip to Ireland and uh, my husband and three grown kids and me. And we um, landed in Dublin and then we did all of Southern Ireland. And it was magical. <laughs> it was one of the best trips. While we were there, we stayed at a 1700s farmhouse and the owners, the husband and wife, were just the coolest couple. I mean, they were so sweet. And they could see like the drool dripping off my chin of this gorgeously um, rustic, beautiful farmhouse. And it wasn't the house, like we didn't even stay in the house. We They had converted horse stables into these like little, um, almost like hobbit holes where it was like self-contained like each little stable had its own living room kitchenette bathroom you know bedroom so they were their own little entities but there was a shared little courtyard and there was a barn in it and this barn was so special um because the the animals like truly lived like right there it was all together like when you walked out of the horse stable door of your little apartment the hens were pecking on the ground eating their breakfast and the ducks were waddling around and the donkeys were braying and oh my goodness it was absolutely like i was living in a dream so the barn was really cool because it it was like a true working barn but it was also one that looked absolutely picturesque. I know that sounds kind of weird, but come to find out, the wife actually went to NYU and she used to work on set design in Hollywood. And I was like, oh, that's why this place looks so incredible. Like whether it was a little tipped flower pot or the water pitcher or a cart, like everything was perfectly placed simply it, it wasn't this extravagant thing, but it was like perfect. And that's when I understood why, because she was a professional set designer. So this barn was so cool because one day we were going to go to the farmer's market, which I mean, who doesn't love a good farmer's market? And so she said, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we have a barbecue tonight? Uh, why don't you guys go to the farmer's market? You're going there anyway. And you get all like the vegetables, that kind of stuff like that. And we will put together, um, her Irish husband and her, will put together this like meat platter. And we'll just come together and have dinner together. And I thought, yes, please. <laughs> so we did. We went off to the farmer's market, had a ton of fun. And, you know, we, we love to like try cultural food wherever we go. Um, but it was really special to know that we were getting dinner to share with other people. It wasn't just like a bite of this or try that or sample this. It was like we had a purpose to, at this farmer's market. So um, she actually let me use her kitchen, which is, I don't care what magazine I've seen or what Pinterest, nothing surpasses what this kitchen looked like with these hundreds of year old antiques and herbs and dried flowers. And oh, it was breathtaking. So what we did was her husband pulled out the barbecue grill and 
he they had sausages and meats and it was just beautiful so we went into the barn back to the barn and where it's like the stucco is kind of half on and half off and you can kind of see like the stone wall behind the stucco and then the the wooden rafters overhead and then like the gravel floor that kind of crunches under your feet when you walk and there's the burlap sacks and all of the um, possible farm equipment between hoes and shovels and sickles and all those kinds of things. Um, stools and I mean everything you can think of. But there was like this long wooden table, just a simple wooden table kind of pushed off to the side. And she said, why don't we do this? And so uh, my boys helped her pull the table out and we literally like dusted it off. And it was a gorgeous solid wood table. And again, simply stated, but beautiful. So we pulled it into the middle of the barn. And by the way, the barn didn't smell at all. Animals didn't live in it. It was more just like where all the equipment is. <laughs> so, so let's get that clear. <laughs> so we pull the barn into the middle of the small room with tall ceilings and stucco and gravel. And we begin to set the table and we brought all of our vegetables and they brought all of their meats and she put out all these candles because there's no electricity in the barn so we just had to put a bunch of candles on the table and we sat at that table with them didn't know them this was a vrbo but they took a night out of their life that they didn't have to and they shared it with us and they shared their home with us and they shared their their food with us and their company and their camaraderie with us and we just sat and i had this like stupidest slap happy grin on my face the whole time because i just thought i absolutely feel like i'm in the middle of a movie and pinch me is this real is this really happening because the sun slowly set and it got darker so the flickering, drippy candles. They got uh, brighter. They started illuminating more. Oh man, we ate till we just couldn't eat anything more. And that feeling of feeling full and content, a little sleepy and happy. <laughs> and it wasn't, again, it wasn't just the food. It was the company and the setting and feeling so incredibly welcome. It's a night that I will never, never forget. So in keeping with that fashion, in this podcast, we're going to set the table with the largest charcuterie board filled with all kinds of topics and stories, each with a purpose of addressing aspects of mental health. So when you look at a charcuterie board, it's got, it looks like it's random, like it's got all these like spicy, savory, comforting, sweet foods. And you think, this is like a big plate of chaos. <laughs> but not really, because the spicy and the sweet kind of complement each other, right? The comforting and the savory, well, they go really well together. <laughs> so a charcuterie board actually makes a lot of sense when it's put together correctly, because it's got just enough to hit all the tastes, right? All the flavors. So if you think about it like that, we are going to be having uh, flavorful foods that are spoken. So picture with me a huge, long, dusty table that we've 
wiped off. Maybe we've put a tablecloth on it. Maybe we've left it bare. We've put out the candles. And now we're thinking about what are we going to serve? What foods are we going to put on the table? So if you think of spicy food, again, that makes me think of challenging, maybe for a new perspective or to motivate us or to set a goal. Spicy also makes me think of asking questions. So if I was going to set our big long table with spicy, I'd put out, oh, pad thai, right? Oh, that's so good. I would also put out Mediterranean harissa chicken. Harissa is one of those spices, you know, you use too much of it and you, you regret it. <laughs> Same with the pad thai. If you go zero stars to four stars, maybe five if you're completely crazy. <laughs> and my husband likes to eat pad thai with enough stars that he sweats. Not so much me, but he loves that. So we're going to put some of that on the table. And with savory food, savory conversation, well, that makes me think of topics that are thoughtful and interesting and layered. I'll never forget when we were in Ukraine, oh, these gracious grandmothers got up before the crack of dawn and would cook us food every day for a week. And one of the foods that I most remember is Ukrainian borscht soup. It was one of the best foods I've ever, ever had. And I have craved it to this day. I'm excited that I recently found a Eastern European food market in my community, and they actually have jarred Ukrainian borscht soup. I don't know that it'll taste like the, the grandmother's soup that we had there that you could just taste the love in it but I, I'm actually making it this week with stuffed cabbage, Ukrainian stuffed cabbage, so I'm super excited about that. <laughs> so I just, I crave, it. see the thing is, it's not just I crave that soup, but it, it's the, oh, it was being there. It was being with those beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people and locking arms and serving the community with them and the vibrant conversations we had there and the, the laughter and the tears. And we were there when the Euro Cup was there and Ukraine was playing in it. And when we were there and Ukraine won, so you can only imagine the party in that country that everywhere we went, it was just a party because it was a big deal. You know, the Ukraine won the Euro Cup while we were there. So I think of that, and I also think of uh, another savory dish that I love are, is um, French coca ven, introduced to me through my French brother-in-law, and I am honored to have his late mother's recipe for it, and it's just, oh, I think it's best described as like poor man's chicken stew, I think, um, but it's so good. It's just chicken made with wine and vegetables and there's so many layers of flavors in it. It's so delicious. And of course, when I think of savory, I think of Greek gyros because who doesn't like that? With extra tzatziki sauce, that's got to have the right amount of chives and the right amount of cucumber in it. So Greek gyros is always one for the win. Um, the different textures and flavors, just so, so good. So then we move on and I think of conversations that are comfortable. So comfort food. Um, topics that are restful and rejuvenating. 
topics to make us remember we're not alone. We, in our struggles, we're not the only ones struggling with them. So when I think of comfort food, oh, I think of when we were in Kenya and we had chapati bread. Oh, I could eat that by the boatload. <laughs> it's, oh, it's such this warm, beautifully hand-baked bread, um, kind of like roti bread in, in South America. I think of Irish fish and chips when we were in Ireland and when it's done proper, so good. Um, I, I love the fish and chips that they do. Um, and then I think of when we were in Guyana, uh, Guyanese cook-up, cook-up rice. It is a dish I'd never had before. It's very simple. It's a chicken and rice dish, but it's made with coconut milk. So it's kind of sweet. And oh, it's the kind of thing you just eat like the whole pot of it. If it's a rainy, cold night, just don't even plate it. Just eat it right out of the pot. <laughs> so good. Um, and then my probably my all-time favorite comfort food. I grew up in Florida. Um, I cut my baby teeth on Cuban sandwiches. And I'm not talking about the ones that are like made anywhere else. I'm talking about like real Cuban bread with proper Cuban sandwich. No mayonnaise allowed. <laughs> It's got to be butter. So there's a, there's a way to make, and it can be hot or cold. That's fine. But uh, proper Cuban sandwich is not a hoagie. Do not get the two mixed up. <laughs> so the, that was so common. It was, I mean, it was every offered every day at lunch in the cafeteria. Um, so let's see. So far we've got spicy conversation that's challenging. We've got savory, which is that thoughtful, interesting, and layered. We've got comforting conversation, the restful, rejuvenating. And then we've got, um, lastly, we've got sweet conversation. We've got heartwarming and humorous and all that feel-good stuff that makes you have all the feels and inspired. And it's really not hard to think about favorite sweet dishes, unless maybe you don't like sweets, but not me. I love them. So of course, a beloved Italian tiramisu got to have that in Italy. That was absolutely blew my mind. Um, Latin American tres leches cake. Oh, every time I'm, I'm in a Mexican restaurant or a Latin American restaurant, first thing I do is look on their menu to see if, if they have tres leches. I'm like, I have to try it here because I have to know if it's as good as my favorite one. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, when we were in Ecuador, oh, that I'm gonna try to make sure I say it right. The espumilas, it's um, it's like a whipped mousse dessert. It looks like ice cream, but it's room temperature, served in an ice cream cone. It is the most interesting food probably because the eyes and the mouth don't match up because you're looking at an ice cream cone, but they're standing on the street corner selling it in the middle of the summer, you know, when it's like stoking hot outside and you're like, how is this ice cream not melting? <laughs> and it's because it's a meringue. So it's, it's a mousse meringue. And, um, oh, it was just so good. Oh my gosh. I was like, okay, you just leveled up my whole ice cream genre. Um, and then, oh wow. When we were in China, the sticky rice cakes, I like caramel like chewy gooey things and i've never had a sticky rice cake or tree fungus which is absolutely delicious if you have an open mind and these sticky rice cakes i crave them still i think i'm going to try to have to figure out how to make them because they were so delicious so those are some of my sweet favorites and um and so we want to add to our world's largest conversation charcuterie board the sweets the heartwarming, humorous, light topics, those type of things. Most importantly, I think the 
the most important ingredient is sharing. So one of my favorite places to go is an Ethiopian restaurant where the food is served on one humongous platter and everyone shares the one platter with their hands, no utensils. So first time we went, I was like, what is that? And it's so cool. I don't know, there's just something very uh, rustic about it and it kind of puts everyone like on the same level. Like I've been with family and I've been with friends and it feels different than when you have your own plate with your own silverware and everyone's kind of eating their own thing that they ordered. This is like this plate that everybody's just got their hands all in and it, it is a one of a kind experience. Highly recommend that you try that. And after talking about all of these foods, it's, this is not a food podcast, but we're setting the world's largest conversation charcuterie board. So now that we've discussed all this food, I feel like I'm starving, but isn't that true for life as well? I mean, in an instant society, an instant world today, do you find yourself craving like meaningful conversation? Do you find yourself craving wanting to be able to actually finish a thought before the interruption happens? or be able to to sit with someone and maybe not say anything at all for half a second before the world just whips right by. And I've come to find out, true in my life at this point, that when we listen, we learn. And that's funny because I always got teased growing up that I talked way too much. I mean, seriously, I know that I drove my family absolutely insane, and I'm sorry about that, (laughs) because I just never, ever stopped talking. And I had so many questions. Everything was why, why, why. I can remember my mom saying like, Christy, just stop, (laughs) just stop. Or she'd say, you know, the saying that says, um, ask Christy what time it is, she'll tell you how to build a clock. But really, it was the whys. Why, 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 why? I wish um, I wish I'd had the internet back then because I could have found out answer. Just why? I was so curious about life. And we had our Britannica encyclopedia set. <laughs> that was less than thrilling to read, I'll, but grateful for it. But anyway, so um, I find now that um, that listening is so much more fun than talking. So my mom passed away when I was 16, but if she could hear me say that now, she would just absolutely like pee her pants laughing because I just never stopped when I was a kid. Um, I believe that camaraderie creates community and community starts with two people, two people talking and sharing, listening, It's funny because I can speak to, I don't know, 100 people, 1,000 people, and feel totally comfortable. But one-on-one has never come easy to me at all. I'm talking like I would get migraines. Even meeting with a best friend for lunch, I'd have a migraine afterwards. Um, Christmas, holidays, I'd have migraines. Good, happy, social things. It It would just be debilitating. I didn't know how to handle social awkwardness that I know I understand now mostly relates back to autism, like 95% of it for me. But it left me feeling all these years until a couple years ago, just so inadequate. The social anxieties I had were just absolutely crippling. They were debilitating. I would avoid 
simple things like eye contact, um, not understanding, like if I was sitting with someone and they started crying, like I had no idea how to respond. Like I could feel it inside, had all the feels, but I could not express it. I thought, what do I do? Do I offer them a tissue? Do I put my arm around them? Like, do I cry with them? I, I just don't, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of blank. I'm like <laughs> error 404 with that. So because of that, I completely um, avoided one-on-one -on -one conversations. I liked group ones or large group or speaking. Public speaking was like fun for me because I guess you're kind of talking to everyone and but it feels like you're talking to no one at the same time, I guess, for me. So um, it really wasn't until I learned about my autism that helped me understand what are the hangups and kind of bumps in the road for me just talking to people. So as I began to understand myself better, I wanted to understand people better. So over the last few years, I have learned to absolutely love listening and I love the curiosities and the questions that spark just by listening. I like the heartfelt and humorous side of people. I like conversations that challenge me and that stay with me and change me but I'm still getting past the awkwardness that's innately inside me. And I've learned to be okay with that. It's also though really kind of a cool thing because I do ask some interesting questions. <laughs> I do maybe get a, I don't know, TMI or whatever. I don't know, but it's like, I'm like, okay with it <laughs> because again, I like have this social feels like a, a glass wall between me and people. So I just put it out. No one has to answer them, but I'm just going to ask and see where it goes. Um, a funny example that happened to me just this past weekend was I was in the post office and waiting in a very long, <laughs> slow line. I felt like I was just slowly dying. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to text a friend and I'm going to scroll Facebook and I'm going to look at my email. So I was kind of just hiding in my phone, right? Like a lot of us do. I try not to do that all the time, but I mean, there was really, what are you going to do in a post office line? Nobody was talking. Well, the, this lady walked up to the lady behind me and she got in line behind her and she just instantly just started talking to the lady behind me. And I... It, I couldn't help but hear. And she's like, starts with the weather. She's like, oh, it's rainy and cold. And um, all of a sudden, rainy and cold weather completely morphed into her telling this stranger that all those states that they've lived in, that they lived in California, but they moved because, and she told me, me, listen to me, I'm just eavesdropping because there's nowhere to go. I'm stuck in this line. And she's talking about like all the reasons why they moved there and then like all the places that they lived and now they're here in this city and their kids go to this kind of school and these are the struggles that they're having. And I'm just sitting there like going, wow, I am a fail <laughs> because I can't, I can't do that. Like how, how is this woman who has never met this other woman before in her life? How is she just sparking this interesting conversation where then the other woman is sharing about her life and what they have in common? And, and I just, I truly felt like the biggest goober. I, I just thought, yep, I'm just going to sit in my phone um, and I'm not even going to make eye contact with them. But I just thought 
I wish I could be like that. I really wish I could be like that. Just walk into a room and just all of a sudden you'd like know everything about the person. So I was feeling pretty bad about myself. But then one of the postal clerks called me up. It was my turn. And I look up and it's my favorite postal clerk. Like she and I have this like professional friendship now. And she always calls me by name. Like she recognizes me and knowing how many people they see every day. That just really means something to me. And I was so happy. I like all of them, but she and I, I've been mailing with her for years and I was so excited to see her. And I was just like, Hey, how have you been? I'm like, Oh my goodness, look at you. You look amazing. What's, what's, what are you doing? And she's talking, she's, you know, as we're getting my package done and, um, it, I like completely came to life and I was just like, I'm so happy to see you today. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And I drove away from that experience going, I think there's room for all types of people. I think there's the people that can walk into a room, look at someone, and then just have this like 20 minute conversation with them about their life story or about whatever topic. That's great. That's awesome. Yay for them. That's not me, but let me see my favorite postal clerk. (laughs) And then I just like bloom instantly into this like, and, and I thought there's room for us too. And, and there's room for people who are autistic or who have whatever it is that, that colors their life. Um, I, I'm also left-handed, very left-handed, my poor right hand. <laughs> I'm very left-hand dominant. So I'm very right-brained. And I, I think we're left-handers are 20% of the population. So we're always in the minority and thinking differently than most people that were standing around. So if you if you put that all together, um, you know, I can feel a little janky sometimes with like um, how how the total package is presented. And, but to know something, I've learned to lean into it and I've learned to just enjoy the ride and just be myself and working, working on all parts. <laughs> so that's kind of the point of this podcast also is that the, in this space, I really want honesty to meet transparency. And we are going to do that with whether it's just me speaking that day or if I have a guest or multiple guests on. And here's just some some, two things that um, I really believe strongly is that efficient isn't always effective. So this podcast might be a little bit different in that it's not going to be wrapped up like a sitcom in 30 minutes, um, sometimes not even an hour. Um, Depending on the guest, we may go longer. And if we do, I will separate it into episodes to make it easier to find where you left off or whatever. But when I think back to that barn dinner in Ireland, the husband and wife were not in a rush to leave. There was nowhere to go. They were already home. They're home. We were staying with them in one of their horse stables. We had nowhere to be. So we just let the candles burn and we just talked. And we sat and we relaxed. That's the environment I want here. This isn't, oh, let's present an issue and we're going to just tear through it and we're going to give you three solutions and bye. (laughs) I want this podcast to be somewhere where the conversation ends itself. That we don't have to put a period on it. That it's done when it's done. 
and that's okay. I just read an article the other day about a supermarket called Jumbo over in, oh goodness, I think it's either Sweden or Denmark. It's a Scandinavian country where they have a slow line now for checkout. And they said it's it, anybody can use it, but it's especially geared towards seniors who deal with loneliness. And so it was a picture of this dude sitting there like scanning items, but he's sitting and there was an older lady standing there and she had a big smile on her face. And it, honestly, it just brought me to tears. I'm like, yes, yes, there are days now we are all in a hurry and we got places to be and we got to get it done. I totally understand. I get that. That is me. But in this space, in this podcast, I want it to be the slow checkout lane. Not boring. That's not, that's not slow for here. That just means we're going to give the conversation all the time it needs. And that's okay. That's what we want. That's actually the goal. So also, this podcast is a place where we can disagree with each other without disrespecting each other. So like I said in the beginning, everybody is welcome. Every person is welcome. And there will be times where we are in lockstep and we are just like, yes. And there's other times where we may see things very, very differently. But I believe it is possible, not just in this podcast, but in humanity abroad, (laughs) that we can disagree without disrespecting each other. We will love and speak kindly. We can hear each other better when we speak kindly. And this podcast also honors all life. And that means you. Yep, that means you. Conversation is better. And our hearts are more full when we have a full table. We saved your chair. Won't you join us? Subscribe, like, and follow as we set the table, light the candles, fill our plates, and settle in for flavorful conversation. Thanks for listening to Real Deep Stuff. See you in episode two.